HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Hannah Forden, and I'm here with Liza Ham, and we are very excited to talk to our guest, Eddie Hernandez. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's so, a pleasure to be in Charleston. Of I course. love this place. <laughs> what could be bad? There's food, and it's beautiful outside. Good company. Exactly. So Eddie is a native of Monterrey, Mexico, and is a former drummer who aspired to be a rock star. Uh And he is the executive chef at Taqueria del Sol in Memphis and Atlanta, um, where he brings together Mexican, Southern, and Southwestern flavors, along with his partner, Mike Clank. Um, He also started Piggy Bank Dinners, which raises money and awareness for the Southern Foodways Alliance. So we're really excited to hear more about that. Thank you, um, thank you. But first... Oh, look, here, here's some of my friends. <laughs> Crossroad guys, huh? I like them. So first we're going to talk about your newest project, which is your cookbook. Thank you. It's We'd be glad to talk about that. Turnip, uh, is it called, right? Turnip yeah. greens and tortillas? That's correct. And when's it coming out? It'll be out uh, April 10th. Okay. That's a national release day. It's already uh, in Amazon for pre-order. Okay. And thank everybody for buying it. I mean, it's selling really well right now. Uh, it's an ex- I think, you know, Turnip Greens and Tortillas is an example of how people like myself will come to another country and embrace other cultures and try to, you know, cook in a way that maybe is native to me and manipulated the food and do something else with it. I love Southern food. Okay, good. I'm a sucker for a good chicken mm. rice steak. <laughs> You're in the right place. <laughs> so was it a big uh, detour from the restaurant? Like, do you have to sort of take yourself away from a little bit of working on it to really focus on doing something different when you put a cookbook together? No, I actually did not. Uh, Susan Packett, who is my editor and co-wrote the book with me, uh, we were able to work at our own pace and it didn't affect the me overseeing the restaurants, and also it helped her to keep working on some things. She also wrote a book, so we had a really good team. It was fun. It took a long time to put together, but I think it's going to be a really good book. Do you have a highlight from it, a favorite part of it? From the book? Mm -hmm. Pictures. (laughs) It has great pictures. But also this, hey, it has great, great stories. You want me to share one? I would love yes. for you to share a story. Yeah, when I, when I used to live in Houston, when I was still a drummer, I went to Waco. Uh, I had some relatives in Waco. And I went to a restaurant that was owned by a friend of mine, and he had a waitress named Cindy. Now, I didn't speak no English whatsoever. 
the waitress did not spoke any Spanish. I was determined to ask her to go out with me. So I went to the kitchen and I said, Benny, how can I tell this girl to go to the movies with me? And he said, just go, Cindy, you want to go to the movies with me? And I said, cool. I ran to the dining room and I said, Cindy. And she came and I said, Cindy, 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 Cindy. <laughs> I forgot how to say it. So I ran back to the kitchen and I said, Benny, I forgot. He told me I went back to the restaurant after three tries. I finally was able to say, can you, you want to go to the movies? So she did. And uh, he's, the next day he said, hey, what did you guys talk about? And I said, oh, I would like to find that out too. Because <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. And the stories like that are on the book. And, and that's what makes the book good. Yep, okay. So how long did it take you actually to work? Three and a half years. Three and a half years? Yeah, okay. I mean, you can write a book faster than that. But you want to do a good job. Yeah. You need to take your time and, and do it right and, and build something that people will enjoy. Got it. A book is not for me. It's for the people. Okay, good. So now do you think that finishing the book has influenced to do things at all differently in the restaurant? No, not really. I, I mean, most of the recipes that we do in the restaurants are in the book. Plus, some other recipes that are not in, in the restaurant, like some of the blue plates and specials. Where really we can showcase how to do southern food Mexican way. Excellent. And I wanted to change the subject a little bit. So as we mentioned, you were born in Mexico and you moved to the U.S. when you were 16. Uh -huh. um, and I'm curious, as both an immigrant and as a restaurateur, how are you perceiving the changes in our political climate and our immigration? Are you feeling a tone change with your staff or with other, you know, Latin American restaurateurs? Actually, you know, for the most part, everybody is the same. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see them different colors. I see people for who they are. And I embrace it. You know, I embrace it the South really good. And I'm a proud, you know, Southern boy, per se. You know, uh, immigration is always going to be a problem. You know, we're not the only country with a problem on immigration. Mm -hmm. So does Mexico, and so does Venezuela, and Colombia, and everywhere else in the world. Uh, we're not unique on that respect. I think we emphasize more on that, more than we should. We should just, you know, we have laws. Yeah. And we should respect the law. That's my own, my only opinion is, if we have a law, then we need to go by the law. If you, if you cannot agree on that, then you need to move on. Yeah, fair enough. But the restaurants, restaurants are always changing. One of my biggest uh, things with food in general is that people who do Mexican food, they don't do it the way we actually do it in Mexico. Yeah, they want to do cheap stuff. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, we don't, we, there's no burritos in Mexico. There's no nachos in Mexico. So... Why did they say that there's Mexican food is beyond me? Yeah. So I think, you know, when you read my book, you will come to understand that Mexican food is such a complex thing because a lot of people don't understand that Mexico was influenced by France for so many years. But if you look at Luciana, Luciana was influenced by the French just as much as Mexico did. So we have a lot of things in common. And you go to the southwest of Mexico where southwestern food came around. Southwestern food is all it is. It's Mexican food with French techniques. 
in Mexico, we get the French living forever with us. We learn as much as we could, and a Cinco de Mayo, we throw them out of the country. <laughs> we're done. There you go. So where did you first start um, deciding to sort of fuse the Southwestern, Southern, and Mexican all together? It was my partner's idea. He, okay. he thought that the mashup of Mexican food and Southern food was something unique that was not available then, and uh, people really embraced it, and we're very happy. Excellent. Well, we're running out of time, but before we before we lose you, I want to know where is your favorite place to eat in Charleston? Ooh, Humpty Barbecue. Ooh, okay, good. That's one. I love their beans. Not only do they have great <laughs> meats, but their beans are really good. Mm. It's all about the sides. Yes. And we're going to. What's the name of the place we're going tonight? We're going to another place. <laughs> we do also have to, we wanted to hear a little bit about the piggy bank dinners. Oh, so piggy bank dinners is something that we do really well for uh, the Southern Food Alliance way. We're, without a doubt, the biggest honors to the SFA. We really believe in what they do. Uh, we're really good friends with John T. Piggy banks are done all over the place. Uh, we bring chefs from other states in, 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 in the United States. And we do dinners and everything. We raise 100%. We give it away. That's so fantastic. When's the next one? Huh? Do you know when the next one will be? Uh, the next one is going to be in Atlanta. Okay. We're going to do a retro uh, dinner this time. Okay. And where can we find more information if people wanted to attend? It's on the SFA website. Also in our website, taqueriadelsol.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Eddie. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I really enjoyed this. Excellent. And we want to thank our sponsors, um, Springer Mountain Farms, The Big Green Egg, Wisconsin Cheese, and the Julia Ch Child Foundation for making our tour to Charleston possible. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. You're welcome.